Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Staying Conscious podcast, season four, the last episode of the season. And uh, back again here with uh, a video call. Uh, so that's very interesting. So my guest today is uh, Ben from uh, the YouTube channel Online Meditation Center. And uh, welcome, Ben. Thank you. Great to have you here. Um, could you mind, like, would you mind telling us a little bit about what it is that you do uh, what is the purpose of your channel and uh, so on? Yeah, well, it's kind of split in two. They're related, but it's kind of two different subjects. The first thing is simply teaching people meditation, how to be silent, not, you know, just calm the monkey mind. Um, because people are always stressing from one thing to the next, always living in the future, always living in the past. They're never able to just relax right here. Right. And so just learning how to meditate, and you could say meditation, what is meditation? There are an unlimited amount of various meditation techniques and for various reasons that people meditate. Uh, and so I take it back to the basics Meditation is simply what you are when there is no noise in your mind. And so there is nothing else to do than just ignore the thoughts, you know. You just let them go, they surface, you watch them, don't attach anything to them, don't follow them, just let them bubble up and disappear. Right. And so if you can do that, then you'll be right here. In the present moment, right? So that's it. That's really meditation. And then you can use mantras and you can use focus on breath or focus on things, whatever. You can do whatever you want, but basic meditation is simply what you are. And so that's the one thing that I do. And it kind of leads in to the other thing, um, which is, you know, spiritual enlightenment. Yeah. And spiritual enlightenment sounds like a really huge thing because it has this you know historical baggage from all the traditions of zen and buddhism and all of this is okay but i'm using spiritual enlightenment the words more to kind of draw those people in those who are sitting and searching for that on youtube you know uh and not that there's anything wrong with that it's just it's okay to separate it a bit from all the tra traditional stuff. Yeah. Because enlightenment, as I define it, is simply becoming aware of what you already are, which is kind of what happens when you're meditating, you know, yeah. real. Uh, the difference is that what you are <laughs> is a bit deeper than that, because basically what you are is everything, right? It's both nothing something and everything uh, but in order to we can look closer at this later but um yeah so i didn't really originally think that the online meditation center would have so much focus on enlightenment which is had had um but those are the videos that people like the most so uh that's just what happened you know Right. Um, like you said, like meditation and spirituality, you cannot really separate those two things. It's kind of difficult, right? 
I mean, yeah. what's the purpose really of meditation? Would you say, it, like you said, is to become aware of who you are, really? Mm. But it sounds very simple. And I know you mention a lot in your videos that what you are trying to communicate is not, you're not able to communicate. Like, it's not possible, really. Yeah, th that's the big problem because whatever you say, and that kind of has to be a disclaimer here because whatever is spoken about spiritual enlightenment or, you know, waking up to the truth, the fundamental truth, it, it can't be put into words. And so we'll just have to accept that whatever is said about it is just an approximation, a metaphor. It's like we have to communicate with words and so we're stuck with that. But the only way to actually know what it is is to experience it directly right now right. yeah and that's also why people would even want to start meditating really i mean perhaps not only for spiritual enlightenment but to calm the mind and becoming more aware of themselves and you have to use words yeah. you know, to let them know what is possible for them if they start to practice and of course they also read and need the right guidance because it sounds easy when we're talking about it, but meditation is definitely not an yeah. easy practice, right? <laughs> like just something as easy as just taking a walk through your home, you know? Let's yeah. say you're going to walk from your bedroom to the kitchen, to the bathroom, to the living room, and you're not supposed to think at all just during that little walk. Mm. That might take people a year, you know? Yeah. Because everything you're looking at, everything you're doing are creating thoughts in you, associations to what you did when you got that thing that you just laid your eyes on, you know? Everything creates what I call reflex thoughts in us. So we need to be able to just not get suckered in by everything that pops up all the time. Mm. And it can take a long time and you really need to want to do it. Exactly. There has to be some motivation behind it. And uh, you got to know the benefits as well, because we grow up in our life. And when we have our perception, we basically label everything. Yeah. Everything becomes a thought, really. We have a, an opinion about everything around us. That's the essence of it. And of course, what, what do you think? Like, why do we really want to get away or separate ourselves from our thoughts? What is the benefit of that, do you think? Well, just uh, look at what the thoughts are saying. What do the thoughts contain of information usually? It's almost always something that you're stressing about, you know? Something you're, maybe something you're looking forward to, but you're still kind of stressing about it. Something you're not looking forward to, something you want, something you do not want. It's all these things that pull us out of the perfectness, which is already here. Yeah. And... It, it kind of also narrows our sense of self, you could say, and it completely controls who we think we are based on what we've already experienced in our lives because yeah. there exists no original thought in our head. Every thought that wells up is kind of a synthesis of what we have already thought or been taught or experienced, you know? Right. And so it kind of just narrows down who we take ourselves to be mm. into this compact little me thing. But when we just let them go, you will feel that you kind of open up 
Mm. You become something undefinable. And it's not like you're becoming something undefinable. You're simply seeing the undefinableness that you already are, right? <laughs> right, right. So I guess you've had a lot of those experiences, right? Or what, what do you want to call it? Do you want to call them experiences? Do you want to call it the truth? I mean, what have you felt and experienced during your life? Well, that depends how deep you want to go. Um, because just being in a meditative uh, mindset, you could say, or state or whatever you want to call it, that's mostly how I live my life. Yeah. Every day, most of the days, uh, and have been doing for the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, of course, it wasn't like that earlier. Uh, I lived a just regular life, you know, yeah. um, but then suddenly I realized or I heard about spiritual enlightenment and that it was possible to realize the truth, you know, what I am. What is this thing that is experiencing this life? Mm. And, and what is life? Like, I've always been a seeking soul, you could say, ever since I was born. And, you know, it's been through all kinds of different things from, I did meditate earlier as well, but it was more to kind of, if I wanted to explore getting out of body or learning how to heal and, you know, yeah. what, what you usually do when you're interested in spiritual uh, subjects. But then one day I just heard about this thing called enlightenment and I just immediately realized that that's the thing, you know, that's what I've been searching for. Mm. Not necessarily becoming enlightened, but finding out what truth is, yeah. what is God, what is me, you know? Mm. Uh, and so that kind of changed everything and I became completely obsessed for the next five years, you know? And everything kind of changed because I knew what I was looking for. It wasn't just a kind of random search for the bigger reality anymore. Right, right. Did you have any specific teachers that you followed during that time? Yeah, sure. Um, it originally started with um, a physicist named Tom Campbell. I don't know if you know who that is. No, uh, he doesn't talk about enlightenment, but he has uh, he's kind of more or less um, mapped out the entirety of how existence functions on all levels. Okay. Um, you know, he's really proficient in going out of body and re visiting other realities and doing stuff like this. And so that originally took me out of, uh, you know, I was born into a Christian family. And so suddenly one day I just knew too much and I had to let my childhood belief go, you know? And so this then in a few years led me to, I think it was Osho mm. that suddenly popped up like on YouTube, you know, and he talked about enlightenment and I just, yes, that's the thing. <laughs> you know? uh, and so Osho, I think Osho is really cool. Um, Adya Shanti, Eckhart Tolle, yeah. uh, Moji, you know, there's a, there's a bunch of them. And they all kind of had their role to play and everyone kind of talks about slightly different aspects of the journey. Right. Uh, so they're all helpful, but it's what you do yourself that is the most important thing, of course. Right. So did you use meditation as that was your main practice 
on your pad. Yeah. Yeah. Were there any other things as well that you, in your life that you used? Yeah. Um, the first thing is meditating because, okay, let's, let's just take, uh, <laughs> let's take a look at how you can kind of view reality. Mm-hmm. And then I will explain why meditation is uh, optimal. So imagine that you're sitting in a sofa and you've been sitting in that sofa forever. For all eternity, you've been sitting in that sofa. And there's nothing else. It's just you and the sofa. And on your head, you have a virtual reality helmet. And that virtual reality is so real, so detailed, and you've been playing it for so long that you have completely forgotten that you're sitting in this sofa. You, you will literally believe you are this character in that game playing this virtual reality, and you have a life there, like you've been following this character since the birth of it, and you, you know that when that character dies, you, well, you don't know, but you think you're going to die, right? And so does everyone else in this virtual reality. And so your mind is full with all of these things that is happening in the virtual reality. And that's the only thing that you're aware of. But since it's a virtual reality and the real reality is actually you sitting in this sofa outside of the virtual reality, it means that you can actually feel your body sitting in that sofa, even though you believe you are this character in that game. Right? So, what meditation does is that it forces you to stop the never ending stream of information passing through your mind related to the virtual reality and the character that you're playing in that game. So, by stopping and just disidentifying with the thoughts and just being here now. You create like a metaphorical portal into the, to the now, right? This present moment, which is where the sofa exists. <laughs> Because you sitting in that sofa outside of the game has never changed. That's the real now. Yeah. And so by stopping everything in the game and just sitting there and being aware of you existing, you are opening up for yourself to feel yourself sitting in that sofa. This is metaphorical, right? There is no sofa and there is no one sitting there and playing a game. But we can agree that if there is a more fundamental reality than this physical reality, then we will be able to feel it existing right now. Right, right, right. Wow. And so when you, when you wake up, become spiritually enlightened, you realize that, oh shit, I've always been sitting in this sofa playing this game. And I've been playing an unlimited number of games. And not only that, there is no one else. There are no other sofas. There are no other people sitting and playing in the games. Actually, fundamentally, it's only this one that spawns everything in every game that has ever existed. Uh, But of course, in reality, there is no sofa, there's no one sitting there, right? It's just, it's just consciousness, you could say. Mm. 
And so when you wake up, you become aware directly here now of being this consciousness, this aware nothing, which you could say it stretches eternally in all directions. It's just space. And whatever you experience, whether it's this reality or dream reality or you go out of body or whatever is happening, it's appearing within you. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's quite an analogy. I've never heard that. And I, that's, wow. I mean, it was so clear in the way that you described it as well. Because I can kind of imagine like the, the virtual reality analogy, like you are playing a character, but you are still like yourself Yes. on, on the couch, right? Um, so you mean that awakening is when you, the realization of knowing that you are the character, or is it just the silencing of the thoughts and becoming aware of you sitting on the couch? Or, because I've never really understood that specifically if it's the silencing of the mind, if it's become knowing that you become everything, if it's the separation of the ego, or would you say that there are multiple levels to the awakening process? Yeah, um, that will vary with different, different individuals, of course, you know, somebody will have a bunch of deepening small awakenings along their journey. Yeah. And then uh, in the end, they might just suddenly realize that, oh, shit, I'm actually sitting in that sofa, <laughs> you know, yeah. just to continue that. Uh, others might, you know, I think it was uh, Eckhart Tolle who said that he just one night said that I can't live with myself self anymore, you know, yeah. and he kind of just dropped, dropped the entire identity yeah. and then he woke up. I did not have that experience. I had... Uh, for those five years that I was seeking the hardest, you could say, the most intensely, I had multiple aha moments and I was going and uh, getting deeper and deeper mm -hmm. until uh, suddenly one night while I was just sitting and eating, suddenly everything just, I was pulled out and <laughs> this reality just kind of shut down. It just evaporated. And all that existed was this eternal nothingness. Mm -hmm. Totally black, totally nothing. But existence was still aware. I wasn't there. You know, the character Ben. And I don't know how long. It, it could have been anywhere from a second to thousand years. You know, there's no time in that thing. And so after being there for however long, then suddenly I was kind of shot down into this body and get again and i just sat there and i still had the same piece of bread in my mouth that i had before it happened and <laughs> and i sat there and just looked around myself and and it it was like being reborn because but not as this human character that i've been playing because i had just seen that there is nothing you know, this character that I thought I was never existed. Nobody I have ever known have, has ever existed. This reality isn't actually real. Nothing has ever actually happened. And so when that kind of appeared, that understanding appeared, I just started crying. And I cried like a baby for however long, you know, and then because it's like I cried for the death of myself. 
I cried for the death of my family, my friends, of the entire reality. Yeah. And then I started laughing, you know? Yeah. And, and I la laughed like a madman because if nothing has ever actually existed, then no one can ever die, you know? There is nothing that can go wrong. Everything is already perfect. And so, you know, that kind of totally just erased everything that I thought I'd been all those 25 years that I've been living on this earth. And, you know, it's still here. And it's been here for 10 years and it never went back. It's only gone deeper and deeper and deeper. But it's still just here now. I see. So you could say we can, we can make this really poetic. We can, you, you have teachers that, that are speaking such flowery language and making it seem so incredible and difficult and, you know, all the seekers are sitting in there just, but how? Mm. And they're saying that you can't do anything, you know, you don't have free will. There's nothing to do. It's just what is. It just happens. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, and, it, and that's true. It's the truth. Fundamentally, it's true. But still, it's not very helpful. Right. We still have the experience that we're able to do something. And so I'm trying to kind of make it as easy as possible. And by doing that, we have to start with learning how to meditate. To open that portal. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Right? Awesome. Yeah. I mean, when, when you explain about it, I understand what you're talking about. Because I've also had experiences, enlightenment experiences, awakening experiences, but they've never really stuck with me, uh, yeah. unfortunately. So I'm still like on the path. But for people perhaps who are listening who have never heard about this stuff, I mean, it sounds insane. <laughs> yeah. It sounds crazy. Like you say, like, there is no one else. There is no you. There is no death. There is no nothing. And, but people are looking around and say, but here it is, like, this is my yeah, yeah. reality. And that's, that's, that's an important thing. And it's good that you said that because you have like, it's possible to get stuck in various stages. Yeah. And so people realize emptiness, you know, and they can get stuck in emptiness. And that's when you say that, like I just said, that I realized with that major, you know, awakening experience that there's nothing here. There's no one here. Yeah. And while that is the fundamental truth, the fundamentalist truth, you can't get deeper than that. Still, this experience is still here, you know? We have the experience of multitudes, of many, and we have the experience of being somebody. And so that's why I say we are both nothing, something, and everything. Because even if all of this that is experienced is just something that is appearing with this, within this consciousness and everything is this consciousness, it's still a real experience, right? The experience of it is real, even though the stuff isn't actually physical, isn't actually solid. Mm. But that's not the point. The point is our interactions, what's happening here. And so it's important that we are all of this no right. one, someone, and everyone. Right. Yeah. Because I mean, even if you get enlightened, you are still in this 
world, so to speak. You, you're yeah. experiencing everything. Yeah. If not, then this body would have just dropped. Right. And it would have ended and I'd just remain in that uh, void. Mm. But it didn't. I keep on walking around. I'm, I still have the same personality. You know, I still, still like what I like, don't like what I don't like. Mm-hmm. So for those around me, though, they don't really see any difference. Right. I might have become more, you know, happy, more peaceful. But the changes within, it's not necessarily that other people can see. Mm. Those, uh, like, first days after this uh, awakening that you had, like, how did your life slowly change? Did it change? What happened? Uh, yeah. Um, that was, uh, it was pretty unexplainable. It was like, and yeah, and I do have a little trouble speaking about this. This isn't the part of it that I usually speak about, you know, uh, but it's like being reborn for the first time and experiencing this world for the first time, because you aren't that character that you thought yourself to be Mm. and everything was just so silent you know everything was so crisp and and it was just it was like walking around in a brand new reality it's totally and it's still kind of like that but you kind of grow into it it becomes mundane you know yeah yeah um it's always perfect but yeah that first month was a total alien (laughs) <laughs> or no i cannot imagine but i it sounds yeah, yeah, yeah. awesome or i mean in a sense like did it because you said you're more happy so it made you more happy right but what about your sufferings and the things that were bothering you and your problems and because everyone has though everyone has problems but did those things yeah. just evaporate or were they still there <laughs> Well, there's something about, uh, you know, when you suddenly become aware directly now that everything you experience is, in fact, appearing within that which you are. And so there is no real solidity anymore. Everything is spacious. And so there might still come thoughts that are anxious or are, you know, I still feel all the emotions of being a human, but they just don't sting as much because I know it's just a play. It's a game and I can't really take what happens so seriously. You know, my pulse might still rise and, you know, stuff happens in this character nevertheless, but I'm always kind of removed from it. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's it's crazy, crazy shit. (laughs) Yeah, like you're almost playing a video game. I mean, if you get hurt in the video game, if you have any trouble in the video game, you're still kind of pissed off in a way. Like you don't want that. No, no, no. I don't want pain, you know, but but I'm not suffering. Mm. So that's the big difference. I still feel pain, but I don't have the suffering because the suffering comes because we do not, we wish that what is happening wasn't happening. Yeah. And so our resistance to what is happening is what creates the suffering. Mm. But if you're totally present and aware, and you don't have to be enlightened 
for this, you, you know, you just have to, if you're completely in acceptance of this moment and you're not trying to get away from it, you don't have any resistance to it. You just accept it perfectly that this is what ha what's happening. I'm having pain. Yeah. And it, it will last for as long as it will. And when it's over, it's over. Then that opens an acceptance that makes this life, no matter how bad it is, bearable. Yeah. If that answers it. Answers it. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Um, you mentioned that uh, you don't have to be enlightened in order to understand this or but do you think that if people let's say i start out on my path and i start meditating and i have all of this theoretical understanding which really is in one point it's useless in another way it's it is useful right but do you think that the understanding itself can bring a sort of relief to the self the the the, the quote-unquote self um even though we are not awakened? Um, it might, because it kind of, even though you're still struggling with what's happening, it kind of gives you, it's the same, it becomes a kind of uh, placebo, you know? Yeah. Just like uh, belonging to religion will help you through tough times, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so by kind of knowing or believing that, okay, there's something bigger, I'm actually playing this game, then it might kind of give you a gap, a breathing room. Mm. But I don't know how experientially, right. um, yeah, significant that is. Well, right. Like you can picture something, oh, I'm just, yeah. whatever, I don't have any problems. And, and then just neglect many things in life. But it's yeah. foolish to, to do that. And, and it's um, interesting that you mentioned this, all this knowledge that we, because on the path, we generally come in touch with so many teachers, you know, gurus, and all these things that they're talking about. And you could say our spiritual backpack just fills up and becomes bigger and bigger and bigger the longer we're on the journey. And if we don't kind of understand that, what all these people are saying are just pointers. They're just intended for you. It, a finger comes, points to the moon, and you're supposed to look at the moon and forget the finger, right? But instead, we attach significance to the finger. And the teaching itself becomes our religion, something we believe in. Yeah. And this is as much a trouble, uh, a problem to awakening as anything else mm. maybe more maybe you know the the last thing that goes is your spiritual baggage because you hold hold it so dear to your heart yeah. you create this spiritual person identity while on this journey right mm. and you have to kill that identity along with everything else mm. and so as long as you can just take the teachings as pointers and so don't really care that much about you know the descriptions of what it is like to being awake or all of this whether there's a void or there's a consciousness split into all of us or whatever this is all of that is just really you know mental masturbation in a sense so what you need to do is just let all of that go mm. like i say is that if it's in your mind if it's thoughts in your mind forget it 
no matter how beautiful or real or true that thought is, it's still noise in your mind. When it boils down to it, it's just noise in your mind, right? right. It's only what your experience is right now, wordlessly, thoughtlessly, that is important. Yeah. And will bring you all the way here. Right. The experience is what you're looking for. And you want to be practical about it. Because, I mean, I talk about these topics like people like you. And I know that this is also uh, a sort of just, these are also thoughts and, and words, etc. But it's a damn interesting topic. Like, yeah, I, yeah. I sure. <laughs> the intellect loves it. It's yeah. so juicy. And, and we can mold it into almost anything, you know? Mm-hmm. We can create so many analogies and so many metaphors uh, and have really a lot of fun with it. And as long as you don't attach true significance to any of the words and you just take it, okay, it's like a model of reality, you know? It's like just telling you that there's something else, something more. Okay, okay, but I understand that the only way to actually reach it mm-hmm. is to let go of the belief that you have to reach anything at all because you, you're already it, right? Right. So as long as we don't take the words too seriously, we can talk. We can have fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, do you think that, wh- how would you recommend people or what advice would you give people so that they can become more present throughout their days, um, either if they're meditating or not? Like, is there any way that you can become more attuned with who or what you really are without this whole path of enlightenment just being more present yeah tune into your senses first of all right because even if you're not able to silence your mind it's not really that we have to do something to silence our minds because our minds are naturally silent you know our minds are the silence that the thoughts are bubbling up in and so if we don't care about the thoughts then we're already silent. And so instead of trying to silence your mind, just tune into your direct experience of your physical reality, you know? So if you're walking, then just be aware of your feet touching the road, right? And just be silent, be aware of that. Be aware of, you know, just moving through 3D space. Be just rest in the sounds that are passing by. If you're sitting by the computer, just be aware of your butt on the chair. Be aware of your fingers, you know, writing on the keyboard. Just use your direct experience as anchors. And then when thoughts start to well up and you're kind of beginning to focus on them, then just, no, back here. Just tell yourself, I'm here. Right. I'm here. And then maybe just touch your table, you know, and just, anchor yourself to that feeling so use your body as an anchor and all the senses and as you become more efficient in that then you can move on to kind of being aware of existing that's like the last point that you need because if you can keep that awareness that i exist mm-hmm. right now and just you just hold that yeah then that's enough right it sounds like it is a sort of meditation as well, right? When you are becoming more present and with your senses. So, but still you recommend a meditation, like a strict meditation practice 
or do you recommend a sort of a, like do whatever you want kind of thing with meditation whenever you feel like it or would you recommend something more disciplined well that's totally up to the person i would always recommend any individual to what, do what is right for them you know if you don't have the urge to even either know yourself or just become more silent and forget all about it you know mm-hmm. go do some sports play video games do whatever you want but if you have the the urge to become silent then sure you can meditate every day every other day <laughs> once a week but the more you do one thing the better you're getting at it right so it's up to you then what is a good meditation practice because when you start out you're probably not going to have awakening experiences at first <laughs> so how no, many no, no. have we done a, or what is the goal of a session uh, the goal with meditation in itself is simply to be silent, to be what you are. And so being what you are sounds perhaps uh, far-fetched for many, you know, they're thinking what I am. Oh, I'm this dude, you know, I'm 35 years old, I'm, I got this name, you know, I'm this person's brother, this person's son, whatever. So what do you mean, what am I? Well, what's here? When you're just breathing mm. and, and you're not paying attention to the thoughts telling you what you are, you know? Right. Just anchor yourself in your breath. You're aware that, okay, I'm breathing in, I'm breathing out. Yeah. And you're just here. And so a good meditation session, you could say, is if you're able to stay present without being dragged off by any thoughts during that session however long it is so if you set yourself up for 15 minutes and you're able to be silent for those 15 minutes well that's a successful meditation session all right cool yeah but there are different types of meditations too right like there are different yeah. techniques etc uh was there any one, one specific sort of meditation that you use was the like focusing on the breath, was it a sort of mindfulness thing? Or which one do you think worked the best for you? <laughs> uh, that was anything, you know. I've, had, I've gotten a better understanding of meditation as the years has uh, passed. So honestly, I don't really remember that much of what I did, you know, all those years ago. My life is kind of changed so much in a way it's like i I was actually born 10 years ago it sounds ridiculous but that's kind of how it feels and so everything that happened before that is like kind of a vague dream but i try to simply be silent but the closer i got you could say to the awakening i focused more and more on you know self-inquiry who am i right and so you meditate and you just ask yourself without asking yourself, who am I? What is this? And you're not expecting an answer, right? You just use the question to go deeper and deeper and deeper. Right, right. And so I know that the last year that pretty much consisted of that. Uh, and also one thing that I should mention, which is... 
you could say, you could say if you want to wake up, the one thing is to meditate. The other is that it's kind of killing the belief in all your thoughts. And that's, that's a complete intellectual endeavor, you know? Yeah. Because you can, you can delete your belief in your thoughts by going so deep in meditation and meditating for so long that you realize you get in touch with yourself and you just see that all of these thoughts are bullshit. They're not real because what I'm experiencing right now disqualifies everything that I believe. So that's one way. But if you've got really sticky beliefs, you know, being a human being on planet Earth is a pretty sticky belief yeah. <laughs> for almost everybody. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about Jed McKenna. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because he was uh, definitely one of the last, you could say, teachers that I cared about before just never really watching any teachers or reading any books ever again. And he has a technique which is called spiritual autolysis or autolysis or something like that, which kind of means spiritual self-digestion or self-devouring or something. And it, it's about you sit down and you attempt to write something true. And so you try to write something that you know for absolute certain that is true. Always true, never not true. And that has always been true and will always be true. And so you kind of just start with anything, you know. Mm -hmm. I, I believe that snow is white, you know. <laughs> and then you just pick it apart. You think, okay, do I really know snow is white? What is color? You know, what is snow? And, and so being, but that really uh, depends on how honest you are and how willing you are to go all the way. Yeah. I probably yeah. wrote like 150 pages just writing out everything and I ended up with, I don't know anything. The only thing I know is that something is having this experience. I don't know what that something is. I don't know what this experience is, but something is experiencing this. Yeah. And that's, that's a really hard intellectual assignment. And so I, I did that and meditation. So meditation kind of brings you, opens up, you know, mm. who you really are. And then you can use this spiritual autolysis as a way to go in with a machete and just chopping down every belief, belief you have. And so I think these two um, techniques are perfect together in order to wind up here. <laughs> yeah. So the, when you're doing that technique, when you're writing down what you think or know is absolutely true, is it that you should go about, do you usually go about what you believe the most or is it that you should be honest with yourself? Like, like let's say I'm, I'm writing down like, uh, my name is Daniel and I'm this person right here. I know like intellectually that's not true, but I'm still, if I'm 100% honest with myself, I actually believe I am this person. Yeah. And for me, that's the truth. Yeah. So in that conflict, what would you write down? Yeah, right. And, and this is, uh, of course, this uh, approach requires, I guess, a pretty analytical mind because you have to not only be totally honest with yourself and willing to look into all the deep, dark corners of your mind where you've never been, 
but you also need to have the an, an analytical uh, proficiency to actually do this, you know? Yeah. And so in your example, you believe your name is Daniel and what, what did you say? You, you're a person? I'm a person sitting here. Yeah. <laughs> then, then you can look like, look at, okay, that seems probable that I am this person and my name is Daniel. But is there any time where I'm not this person and Daniel, right? So you can try to find threads of where, when it's not that case. Is there times when you're not this person? Because if there's times you're not this person, then is that the fundamental truth? Because the fundamental truth has to always be here, no matter what else is happening. And so in deep sleep, Where's this person, Daniel, in deep sleep? Or when you're in a dream where you don't remember Daniel and his life at all, you're, you're in a completely different reality doing something completely different. And if you never even woke up back in bed, you're just continuing that reality, you know? You wouldn't know anything. You'd just be that, whatever that is. And so that's our direct experience. So you can't kind of then... Uh, hold on to, yeah, but I'm just laying in bed, bed and sleeping. I'm still this Daniel person sleeping. But no, your direct experience when you're having that dream, Daniel doesn't exist. Right. The only thing that exists in that reality is the sense that I'm me, you're you. Yeah. That's yeah. the only thing that's always here. No matter what's happening, what you remember or not, I'm here. It's always here. What I think of myself as and what I define myself as changes according to the environment and the reality I'm in. But I am mm. the one having the experience, whatever I am. Yeah. So basically you're saying that you should be very skeptical towards everything. And you have to use that analytical part of your mind to really investigate things truly. Yes. But when you said it, it's like, yeah, sure. Like when I'm sleeping, I don't think that I am me. Or when I'm like really engaged in an activity and I'm kind of in a sort of flow state, the, the me, the self kind of disappears. And the only thing that's going on is this very focused state of mind and yeah. the experience. And I'm not thinking that I am doing it. It's just, it's just it is what it is. Yes. If I'm really honest and at that moment, then I don't think that I am myself. You don't think you're anything. You just am right. yourself, right? You just are yourself. Mm. And so that kind of makes it easier because when you realize that all these things that you take yourself to be are just thoughts in your mind. And so when you stop thinking about them, where do they go? Right? Mm. right, right. Where's that thing when I'm not thinking about it? It's gone. Mm. And if it's gone, well, then it's not ultimate truth because ultimate truth is always right here. Right. Hmm. But it means you will have to be willing to look at everything inside your mind and everything in your experience like a really skeptical scientist. Yeah. It's just sitting there, I don't believe anything until I see it with my own eyes, right? Hmm. So, but if you can do that and then couple that with deep meditation, 
and by deep meditation, I only mean no thoughts. You just be what you are, right? Then I think those two are very powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Um, when I go about my life, I also always try to be skeptical to like to the ideas that I have towards certain things. Yeah. And I think that anyone can really start applying these methods in their daily life when they are believing something and they actually hold on to that belief because when our belief, what we really hold as a true belief gets proven wrong, that hurts us because oh, yeah. why, why does that happen? Why do we get hurt by that? Because every, we identify ourselves as the thoughts in our mind, right? I'm a boy. I'm this old. You know, these are my parents. I'm good at these things. I can't do these things. All of these things creates our mental identity and we cling to that because if we don't have that what do we have mm. if we don't have that we have no identity and that's the scariest thing that exists because that means we don't exist well it doesn't but that's what our mind thinks yeah and so when you're proving wrong proven wrong or something you believe suddenly you realize that it's not true that's a death that's a literal death Either small scale, like you just thought something really normal was one way and then you realize that it wasn't that way, you know, it just hurts a little. Mm. But when you suddenly realize that, holy shit, I, I don't actually exist as this thing that I thought, then that's a real death. You actually die that, you know, that identity dies that you've been clinging to. And so writing down everything you think is true and then seeing through it what do they say that's a that's a death of a thousand cuts right mm. it's horrible the way to awakening is really destructive because it will leave nothing right you have to completely destroy everything that you think is real mm. i guess that's also the, the the biggest trap that people can get into oh, on yeah. the path because they think it's about becoming more, like yeah, getting yeah, yeah. more and all of this spiritual baggage that you or, or, or happiness, you know, joy. Yeah. And of course, there's joy there when you're done. But the real, the real way to awakening, and not just spiritual growth, we could talk about spiritual growth. That's something else entirely. That has nothing to do with spiritual enlightenment. Mm -hmm. Although I would think you would need to have come a certain way on the spiritual growth path in order for it to become an availability for you yeah. but you don't have to be perfect love in order to awaken right yeah. and so but that's an totally its own subject which we could talk about for a long time but now i completely forgot what uh, we were talking about <laughs> <laughs> right um the trap of uh thinking on this path that you're gonna gain more and become bigger yeah, yeah but it's actually a self-destructive process. Yes. Right. So um, that doesn't sound very nice. <laughs> I mean, the self-destructive no, no. process, of course. You will have a lot of nice experiences on the path, you know, because you will have all these flashes of suddenly you're one with everything. You will have these small awakenings, these small insights, and suddenly you're just walking there and you're filled with love for everything, you know? And you have these beautiful glimpses 
and then it's back to your normal self, you know, your normal gray, shitty everyday life. And then you need to keep on trudging. Um, but in order to actually, it's like that guy sitting in the sofa, you know, playing the virtual reality. He will have to completely delete his belief in that virtual reality in order to get back to the knowledge that, oh, I'm actually outside of it. Yeah, right. Because as long as you cling to the truth of anything in that virtual reality, you won't be able to let go. Mm. I see. Well, what is the spiritual growth then? What, what does that mean? You could say, even though we're all the same one, consciousness, you could say it has arbitrarily split itself up into multiple pieces. There's no split, but we have to use words, right? And so it has sectioned itself off into billions and billions of small units of consciousness. And I've gotten this from Tom Campbell, by the way. I really recommend anyone interested in the larger reality to find him on YouTube or read his My Big Toe trilogy. It's awesome. And so I'm taking this from him because in my personal experience, I'm simply everything. I'm all of this, you know? And so everything I've said up until this point has been from my personal experience, but this us being multiple individuated units of consciousness, which he says, it seems logical. And you could say, I believe in it, even though I don't know, you know, but it seems probable. Um, and the point of all of us is to become more love, to become better, to become more caring for each other, you know, so everyone gets a better life. Everyone, everyone can get along better and help each other. And so this spiritual growth is each of these indiv individuated units of consciousness growing in love, you could say, becoming better, becoming more caring, becoming less full of itself, less ego. Yeah. Uh, and, and you progress here during multiple, you could say, lifetimes or multiple virtual reality games. And as time moves on, you become more and more, more love. Uh, and more and more awake. And so I, I think this ties in with a lot of things in Hinduism and Buddhism as well. Yeah. As, you know, you shed karma as you move on, you know, and the further you get, the more likely you are to become enlightened, for example. Yeah. And so you could say someone who has existed for a hundred lives will have come farther on the growth path than someone who has just started and just had like three lives they're full of ego and fear and aren't you know focused on what is reality at all they're just focused on me 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 and getting away from that and you know regular day life <laughs> mm -hmm. and so that's probably kind of an eternal journey i think you will always just approximate perfect love like you know the jesus figure is like the perfect symbol of love someone who just loved everything and everyone and just you know and so we will always just approximate that and so that's kind of an eternal journey but waking up simply means realizing 
what you are. But you might have, like, uh, let's say you have to have a certain amount of spiritual growth, growth before you start getting interested in reality and yourself and what is true. So that's kind of the locking mechanism that unless you have that certain amount of spiritual growth, enlightenment won't happen. But as soon as you got this basic spiritual growth, then suddenly you can, uh, you're in a position to realize who you are. Probably. Maybe that's how we can explain different people being of different, uh, you know, fair levels, having some has a lot of ego, some has very little ego. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe they're just further on on that spiritual growth path. That okay. seems logical. Yeah, so those things are kind of, they sound very connected in that sense. They're connected, but you don't have to, you can have people that are a lot closer to perfect love than me, for example, but have still not realized the fundamental truth. Mm. You know? So, so that isn't necessarily really related. I watched your video with Frank Yang. Mm -hmm. And he's the first one I've seen who has actually touched upon these things, which I've been thinking about. Because I think he said something like, uh, you could be a complete psycho and get enlightened, right? Yeah. And that's true. Well, you will need to have that basic spiritual growth to be interested in who am I and what is real. But as soon as you've got that, you don't necessarily have to evolve any more than that and then realize and then just use this game as a crazy person. But most likely you won't do that because you are everyone, right? So you kind of have this, uh, I wouldn't chop off my own hand, right? I will treat my own hand with respect, Right, right. But, yeah. So it's kind of an ethical uh, growth. It's like you're, but it, it's like, it's connected to the spiritual, spirituality, but it's, it can also be separate in the way where you don't have to realize the truth of reality in order to just be more, uh, how do you say, would you call it like more conscious, more loving? What would you describe? Yeah. All right. Just say more love, right? Yeah. Like if you if you're able to become perfect love, then that's the top level you could say. I see. I see. And so that's uh, that's like uh, this kind of trajectory, mm. but awakening is just here. It's always just here. There's no there's no growth in that because you're already everything. You know, you're already complete. You're already where you've always been. Mm. You're not gonna move from that sofa right? You're just going to sit there forever. So the growth that happens necessarily will happen within your experiences. So all growth that happens is, you know, it's virtual growth. It's not actually fundamental growth, I would say, because it will only affect this virtual reality. Mm. Because fundamental consciousness doesn't move, it's just here, it's just aware. And so the growth happens within your experiences, but it uh, accumulates over many experiences and the more we have and the more we focus on it the better experiences we get mm. but it doesn't actually have anything to do with waking up i see i see yeah because i mean i hadn't really heard about this before either until frank started talking about it um but because some teachers they 
claim that, uh, I mean, I don't want to, like when we talk about this, I don't want to, you know, it, there's, there's too much like, this is, this is, we all got to remember, this is a work that you do for yourself and yes. you experience by yourself. When I'm asking these questions, it's out of pure intellectual interest and also as motivation, perhaps mm. for the listeners and for myself to further um, go into this path. But some teachers claim that this uh, ethical growth goes hand in hand with the spiritual uh, awakening. So when you become awakened, you don't need to, like, you don't need need to even try to be a more loving person. You just become that because you realize that's all there is. Yeah, and and that's true. And um, I think uh, you're asking very awesome questions, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, because of course when you wake up and you realize that and you know you see yourself everywhere it, but it's not like it's not the little self it's not like Ben is seeing himself in everything I'm, because I'm not actually Ben right and so there's not a self that sees itself in everything but this that I am is that which you are you know and so when that becomes your reality, how can you be an asshole? Really, right? You might not be as uh, like following the um, norms of society as much because you don't care about that. You see, that's just, yeah, yeah, okay. They need it because if they don't have that, they might all just be savages, you know? Yeah. But once you wake up, that that's an impossibility. Unless you're a crazy person, a psychopath, you know? <laughs> It's, we can never say never, but most of the time, 99% of the time, I'm certain that everyone who wakes up will become totally, yeah, you see what I'm saying. Not perfect love, but you're not going to be an asshole anymore if you were. So is it kind of like when you are experiencing reality, when you see other people, is there a sort of feeling like this is me in a way, like this is just part of consciousness. So this is automatically who and what I am, or do you still like make the distinction? How does it work in your, in your daily life? That's an interesting question because, and this has to do with the fact that we are no one, someone and everyone all at the same time. And so I'm aware of all those layers at the same time because they're all true and so the fundamental aspect of me knows that this is this is me this is this is it the same it then this is uh, this is so hard I, i'm trying to use words you know good but i'm not that good and so good. don't worry about it <laughs> <laughs> that's that's always here and of course i'm directly aware of this appearing within me right now and so i can never separate from that but in the game you could say sure i'm experiencing you as separate from me now well you're on the screen obviously but so but what i see is just colors appearing and sounds appearing and those together creates the experience of someone else mm. but there's not actually anyone else here there's just different sense modalities that together create you know this experience of something else yeah yeah and so i can react to you as if you're someone else um 
but I can't really believe it. <laughs> I see. <laughs> I but I know that on on the in this game we are playing two different characters, but fun fundamentally it's just the same one playing both of us. Yeah, it sounds uh, in a philosophical sense like solipsism. I guess yeah. some people would describe it as that, but it's that's not what it is. No, because that's totally void of anything other than yourself. You know, you are complete. The only thing that exists. Mm. And fundamentally, sure, there's only one consciousness, but that's the important part. You can't dismiss this experience. We can't dismiss the experience of other people, other beings. And so it's all true. It's just that the multitudes aren't fundamentally real, but the experience is real. Mm. It's a distinction. But it's not solip solipsism. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. So, so it's very easy, perhaps, to make that um, confusion between those. Yes. Things. And of course, in, in that sense, when people listen to it, it, it sounds perhaps, first of all, it can sound very nihilistic. It can sound like, all right, so there is no purpose to anything. There is like, and it's only you, it's only your reality. Um, but it's important to not go into that trap of that uh, and, and actually to know the differences intellectually. Um, so that's why I asked the question. Yeah, and <clears throat> that's why many teachers don't really want to say it's me, you know? Yeah. They just say consciousness. They perhaps just say enlightenment, life, God, you know? But to illustrate my point now, I'm saying me, but I'm not talking about this character that you're seeing. I am talking about life. Yeah. But we are life, right? So <clears throat> it's important to just know that it's not actually that person that is so full of himself that he's, he's seeing himself everywhere. You know, it's not like that. It's very, there's no identity there. There's no self there in that way. There's a kind of individuality, but there's no self there. Mm, I see. Um, if we talk about uh, in the way of you experiencing like with mental stuff going on and judgments from other people, let's say you're a person, you have a lot of social anxiety and let's say you awaken and suddenly you realize the truth of reality. Um, and, and you know that there are no others and there is no you, does that, I, I know it might be a weird question, but it's like, does the social anxiety, does the, um, the, the all the, the mental problems that you have in your mind, depression and anxiety and stress and all of those things, are they experienced? Because you can still experience them probably, right? They are still there. But do you separate yourself from them in such a way that they do not affect you? Or are they still affecting the character? Here, as with all the other uh, aspects we can talk about, there is individual differences, I think. And so, because, and that's based on having read other people awakening and seeing that there exists people who just, like a Cartola again, he's a good example. He just suddenly couldn't live with himself anymore yeah. because he, he was ridden with anxiety and suddenly just, I can't do this anymore. 
and it just spontaneously dropped. Mm. And after that, as far as I know, he hasn't had any thoughts about that at all, you know? Yeah. But there's levels to this. So you might wake up, but these thoughts might still appear and your body might get, you know, activated. You might get a higher pulse, but you see that this is just happening in the game. It's not actually me. It's just an automatic response. Yeah. And so I think there's, you have a whole kind of spectrum here, but as soon as you awaken, a kind of process starts so while you slowly get deeper and deeper and get more and more kind of solidified in that knowledge, that knowing, mm. things like this will drop more and more. So eventually, they will be gone, I think. I see. Have you heard about the Shinsen Young? No, I think I've seen the name. All right. Anyways, he, uh, he has talked a lot about um, depersonalization and the dark night of the soul. Are you familiar yeah. with these things? Yeah. The dark night of the soul I've heard about. All right, so uh, depersonalization is a sort, because the, the way that you're describing it, I've had depersonalization for a few days. It was triggered by a lot of stress. This was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And that was a really horrifying experience for me. And it was almost, it felt like awakening's evil cousin in a way. <laughs> Because it's kind of the same, like, it's kind of like I'm, I'm this thing being aware of this person that I think that I am, and I'm experiencing life, and there's kind of like a glass window uh, in front of me. So there's a separation between me and everything else. But that was a very bad experience. That was very scary because I was not prepared for this. I also did meditation during that time, and I had some awakening experiences um, but that was more of a prolonged effect. And at first I thought that, oh, all right, maybe this is the beginning of a true awakening, but it, it was always a negative experience for me. And um, it felt the way that you're describing it, but it was not pleasant at all. It was uh, more of the ego knowing it's not real, but it's, it really wants to be real. So it's yeah. on. But what was that? What was you and what was this window imagine that you're like a person inside of your head sitting and you're looking through your eyes mm-hmm. and you know that you are not this this body and there's like a there's a mental feeling i don't know how to describe it, like a feeling of separation between you and everything else so you're looking through your eyes and you're knowing that you're not really in control of your actions or your thoughts but you don't know what you are so there's this like big confusion, this like big question mark inside your head, just wondering what's going on. And this yeah. alienated feeling like you're just an alien coming down on this planet, experiencing the earth for the first time, even yeah. though that you, you still believe that you are a person, right? But still yeah. you cannot fully believe it. So in a way it sounds a bit like awakening, but it's- Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Because- Actually, what we have here directly is like, um, because there's not actually not nobody here. You could think you have like um, a cinema screen, which is showing all the colors 
and then we have the sounds and you know the sensations and all the rest but what we're seeing is projected on this screen and we as consciousness is simply outside of it or on all sides of it and it's just appearing like a flat screen but the only reason that we think it's 3d is because we have stereoscopic vision you know we have two eyes but actually there's no space here there's no 3d here at all it's just like you said a window and so to me it sounds like you had a pretty deep glimpse into the nature of your own experience but it came kind of prematurely yeah like you hadn't kind of established yourself deep enough in your consciousness and so being still identified with the person daniel then seeing this kind of was maybe not the best thing yeah. right because i i thought i was losing my mind i didn't want to tell yeah. anyone but because i mean how would it sound like if you go to a doctor saying hey i don't think i'm myself yeah you know, all right so what pill can i give you it's you know, it's like, yeah they'll, they'll just throw you in you know yeah or the, the house yeah, hospital or something because yeah, yeah, yeah but i'm glad it uh, it disappeared and like you said i think i it was um prematurely i wasn't prepared for the realization and then all sorts of fears just took over really what kind of other awakening experiences have you had um i've had a, a few i mean there's one that i've been talking about a lot um which i'm getting kind of sick of talking about now but that was my first awakening experience where i was i did like a very intense meditation session and i just felt a very non-dual experience uh i felt like i the separation between me and my body just disappeared and mm. i sort of became the room it was a very short experience but uh, still very intense and then i've had other experiences where I've randomly just gotten glimpses of uh, just me, the person I think I am, just doesn't make sense anymore. And instead, I just have this non-dual, I'm just this non-dual being, this consciousness. And at those moments, sometimes it's scary because my ego is still there. The thoughts are still yeah. there and yeah. the panic is still going on. So if I have those experiences or when I had them, I don't really know where any separation is. So I can look at perhaps this glass, right? Yeah. And it's like I'm holding a part of myself. Oh, yes. <laughs> so everything is me. And that's kind of freaky because the world becomes so transparent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so hollow. There is nothing really physical. Really, there's nothing. It's, you only see a shell. Yeah. And it's all empty. Right. And yeah. the separation like of consciousness, if you're hearing something, sound is almost the same thing as everything else. It's just yeah. your experience. And uh, So what I would say was, is that the only thing you need is meditation, really. Just sit and be, get acquainted really well with this that is experiencing it. Yeah. Because the deeper you get to know that, the more you will just kind of feel like you're going home, you know, coming home if that happens again, any of those experiences. And, you know, I can verify that everything you've experienced is real because I recognize it. Mm. Right, right. And so, and, and once you're there, to say it like that, you can 
change how you experience reality, you know? You can kind of move out and just experience this as a flat screen, or you can move totally into it and just merge with the soup. So as consciousness, you have extreme flexibility because you're just this fluid nothingness and everything you're experiencing is just mental machinations, you know? And so there's extreme flexibility in experience. And that's kind of what I think that life is trying to show you with these different experiences, kind of cracking up your shell and showing you that you can experience life like this yeah. or you can experience it like this and just letting you know that you're on the right path, right. essentially. Because if you were not on the right path, you wouldn't have these experiences at all. Mm. Yeah. And so you, I think you just need to relax and get a little bit more rooted right. in, in, you know, the substancelessness of this moment. Yeah. Because I, I got to admit, like sometimes those experiences, they like really freak me out because they're so sudden, they're so random. And when I have them, I kind of panic. Like I start touching everything around me like, all right, what the fuck is going on? And then when I kind of snap out of it and I become the, like my everyday experience, then uh, I ask myself, is this really what I want? Like, am I really prepared to go after this? But there is still this inner motivation wanting to yeah. go after it. The, the great good luck in this is that you won't awaken until you're ready. Mm. You could say there's a safety mechanism. At least that's, that's how it feels to me and how it looks. There might be, you know special occasions when that's bypassed but it seems to be like uh you just can't get there permanently unless you're at a certain place or understanding or you know mm. so i don't think you have to worry about that all right cool thanks for the uh, advice <laughs> <laughs> and uh, thank you a lot then for wanting to join this podcast it's been a, a pleasure talking to you um yeah, likewise is there anything you would want to tell the audience uh, about yourself, where they can find you, something you would want to promote or anything? Um, basically is uh, that if what I've been talking about during this one and a half hour is resonating, then you can find me on onlinemeditationcenter.com or you can just go to YouTube and search Online Meditation Center and I'll pop up there. And so if, I, if what I say resonates, then check it out. I'm a little bit more relaxed in my videos because generally the, that tends to be more um, on the right wavelength for this kind of subjects. But of course, when I'm talking to people directly, the character animates <laughs> as it should, right? So, but still, if the message resonates, then feel free to just right. look me up. Awesome. And I'll post a link in the description. And for everyone listening, I hope you've enjoyed it. I've certainly enjoyed it. I've learned a lot. Thank you, Ben. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, uh, as well as uh, subscribing to the actual podcast on Spotify or whichever platform you're using. Take care, everyone. And remember to stay conscious. Mm -hmm.